Welcome to the Aiden Mari podcast and thank you for listening. This is a podcast where we like to explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. This podcast is a collection of sermons, interviews, and also me just rambling about different things about Christianity or what's on my mind or conversations we're having. We're trying to upload weekly, so hopefully that happens. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with this week's episode. So if you guys haven't been here in a bit, we're going through the book of Mark, which is a book in the Bible. It's found in the thing called the New Testament, so pretty much when Jesus shows up. Mark was written by a guy named John Mark. He was very original with his book name. Um, and and it's, a, it's a biography about Jesus' life. It's the story of Jesus' life, what he did, who he was, what he came to do. So what we've been talking about is this thing called good news. And the good news is essentially this. It's that... Um, we have all in our own way brought this thing called sin into the world, whether it's through lying, stealing, um, it's just wronging someone and also wronging yourself. And we've all brought that into the world, but Jesus came um, as God in the flesh and he came down and he, he, he came to save us and to invite us into his kingdom. And so we've been talking about this thing called the good news. Um, and so Jesus went around and, and last week we saw him pick some disciples. He picked some random dudes who you usually wouldn't pick and that's who he kind of chose to follow him. And now Jesus is going to go around and he's going to teach people. And he's going to use this thing called parables. And what a parable is, is it's essentially, like you guys know like fairy tales? Like that, it's kind of like that, where Jesus makes up a story. Because usually a fairy tale has like a point. So like, I don't know, the point of Snow White is to not move in with 12 random dwarves, I guess. Or like Hansel and Gretel. I don't know how many dwarves there are. Oh, right. I did. Oh, okay. Uh, or Hansel and Gretel is like, don't take candy from strangers. That's kind of like the, the moral story of Hansel and Gretel. So Jesus is going to make up these stories called parables. And what they are is essentially, it, uh, it's a way to drive his point home to kind of teach us in a different way than just saying, hey, do this. And so that's what we're going to dive into today. And what Jesus' whole point in this story is it's going to be this. It's going to be that the good news is looking for good soil. And that's going to make sense later, so keep that in your head. What Jesus is trying to say here is that the good news, the, the news about Jesus coming to save us, is looking for good soil. And so with that, let's dive right in to Mark. And so it says this, Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says, Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, as they usually did. And so he got into a boat. And then he sat on the boat. And while all the people remained on the shore, he taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, like I said, such as this one. And so here's the parable. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some of his seed. And as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on the footpath. And the birds came down and they ate it. And the other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wiltered under this hot sun since it didn't have deep roots and it died. The other seed fell among the thorns and it grew up and the thorns choked the tender plants and so they didn't produce any grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and they grew and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as what had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and should understand. And then Jesus tells his story and he leaves and it says that when he was alone with his disciples, the guys he picked last week, they, they were gathered together 
And they asked him, what does this parable mean? We're confused. And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, that when they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they would turn to me and be forgiven. So Jesus goes out, tells a story about some seeds. Some guy's farming, you know, doing his thing, what farmers do. He's got his pouch of seeds. He's tossing them. Some seeds landing on rocks. They never grow. The birds come and eat them up. Nothing ever grows. Some seeds, they land on some soil, uh, but rocks are underneath, so the roots don't grow deep. Eventually, they die. Some seeds that he throws lands in the thorns, and, and they grow, but they never produce anything because of all the thorns around it. And then some seeds he throws, and they land in good soil, and they grow, and they're able to have a huge harvest, and more fruit is produced through those seeds. And then he goes away, and he's with his disciples, and the guys are like, all right, Jesus, good story. Uh, <laughs> what's the point? We're confused. And I don't know about you, it's a little confusing. Jesus is kind of doing things in riddles, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're confused? That was the whole point. I intentionally was confusing. And you're like, now I'm even more confused, Jesus. Why were you confusing? And he says he's confusing because he was actually trying to fulfill this thing called a prophecy. And a prophecy is something that happened uh, hundreds of years ago that was kind of like a prediction about what Jesus would be like. And one of these guys who had a prophecy said that Jesus would, would say things and people would hear it, but they wouldn't get it. And they'd see things happen, but they wouldn't fully understand what they're seeing. And Jesus says that he tells these stories because he's trying to be like that. And then he says a weird line, which had me confused. It says, otherwise they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm like, Jesus, isn't the whole point of you being here is to get people forgiven and, and turn to you? And I think there's something interesting going on here that's confusing. But I think what's actually happening is that Jesus, he didn't come to spoon feed you. Like, so you're not a baby in a chair, and Jesus is sitting there, he's like, here comes the plane. And he's like bringing it into your mouth. That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus actually came, and he kind of sat you down at the table, and he was in the kitchen cooking, you know, doing his thing, whatever chefs do, like Gordon Ramsay. Um, and he's like pouring the spice on the stuff and whatnot, whatever you do. I make craft dinner. I don't know how to cook. Um, and he's doing that. And then he makes this nice steak, this nice meal, and he kind of brings it to you. He gives you a fork and a knife, and he says, dig in. And that's kind of what Jesus is doing. Is Jesus wants you to work a little bit to get to know him. Like any good relationship, it requires a little bit of work. I don't know if you know this. I'm going to give you some relationship advice. It requires work. Like it's, it's a little, it's a little, you got to work. Um, with Emily... She doesn't make everything easy, and that's on purpose because she wants to make sure that I think she's worth it. So I got to work a little bit, you know. You got to, like, take people out on dates. You got to, I don't know, you got to be nice and say nice things and post things on Instagram, all those good things, you know. You got to put in the work because if you put in the work, it shows that you actually value the relationship. And that's kind of what Jesus is doing. He wants us to be like his disciples who, after they hear these stories, they're confused. And so what do they do? They come to him. And they ask him, I don't understand this. Help me to understand. Jesus is like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who actually want to understand and want to come to me and know what's going on. And so that's kind of what's going on here. But the disciples asked him a question, right? Tell us what this story means. So let's find out. Uh, Jesus says, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? So Jesus is a little sassy. He's like, you guys can't understand this one? How are you going to understand anything I say? And then he tells them because they're foolish. 
And he says, uh, the farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. So this farmer is taking God's word to other people. That's what's going on. It's a metaphor for someone sharing the good news of Jesus to other people. And the seed, the good news, fell on the footpath. That represents people who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So the seed that falls on the rocks and instantly dies and has birds take it away, that represents people who hear the good news of Jesus and immediately they're like, nope, that's not for me. I don't believe in that. I don't think that's legit. I don't want to give my life to God. That's what that represents. Then Jesus says this. The seed on the rocky soil, so it lands on the soil, but there's rocks underneath. That represents those who hear the message and they immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots... They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So those people, the seed lands on the soil, but there's rocks underneath. So it dies. It can't have deep roots. Those are people, you might know a couple, you might be able to, maybe it's you. Maybe you bring it to your mind. Um, you might know people who, who kind of seemed like they were Christians, seemed like they were in, and they fell away. And they fell away because something happened in their life that was difficult. Maybe even at school they were bullied. Maybe their parents looked down on them from their faith. And so they're like, this Jesus thing is costing too much. I'm out. That's what that represents. And then Jesus says this. And to be honest with you, for most of us in this room, including myself, I think this is actually the biggest danger for us. So really pay attention. Because I think that if we're going to be any of these, I think it's most likely for most of you that it will be this one. Then Jesus said that the seed that fell on the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And so the seed that, that, that gets thrown out, and it, and it sticks around, and it grows up a bit, but it's surrounded by thorns, and so it doesn't actually produce anything. It doesn't do what a seed's supposed to do, which is make more seed. It doesn't do what a seed is supposed to do, which is grow into a tree eventually. You're not just supposed to stay a seed. And it doesn't do this. Jesus says that there's people who believe, in, believe the good news. They believe Jesus was God. He came for the world. They believe he existed and they given their lives to him. But they're so distracted by the things of the world that, that nothing ever comes of their life. And that's, that's hard. And to be honest, I think that's most of us. Have you guys ever heard of this thing called FOMO? It stands for fear of missing out. It's something people are saying. And I created another one called FOBU. I don't know if that's a real thing. I just made it up. Uh, FOMO stands for the fear of missing out. It's something a lot of people have talked about recently, uh, that in our social media age, it's easy to have kind of anxiety that you're missing out on something. So you see your friends hanging out. You're like, why didn't they invite me? Now I missed out on this great opportunity to have such a good story, and I'm so disappointed. Or maybe you see other things. You see, you see movies that you should go to. You see video games you should be playing. And you're like, I'm constantly missing out. And I think for us, in our Christian faith, I think it's easy to have a fear of missing out. See, we look at the world, and we see all these things. We see popularity. We see relationships. We see sports, video games, television, all good things. But the thing is, we start to worry. We're like, all right. Jesus wants me to follow him. Okay, well, that's good. But what if I miss something? What if my Snapchat streak ends because I was too busy reading my Bible to check? 
What if I forget to play Fortnite with my friends and they have a good time and I'm just sitting there praying? What if instead of winning championships in sports, I'm at youth? And it's funny because you laugh and it is funny. It's a little bit funny. Um, but the thing is, we actually do this to ourselves. And we do it in ways that, that aren't as obvious. So you're sitting there, and honestly, just going to be real with you, I'm sitting at my house. I'm like, okay, the Bible's sitting there. Oh, very nice. Look at it. Gold pages, so inviting. You know, I should probably read that thing. <clears throat> but Incredibles 2 just came on Netflix. I am sorry, Jesus. I am going to watch Incredibles 2 because all my friends are talking about this movie. i got to see what's up. I'll get, I'll get to you. I promise, Jesus. I will read the Bible. Just give me two hours. Or you're sitting there. You're like, you know what? This thing's going on in my life. I know Jesus wants to hear about it. I should maybe pray. But praying sounds boring. <laughs> you sit there by yourself and you say things alone, quietly. And you're like, you want to know what's more interesting than that? hanging out with my friends who I can physically see, and I'm going to go hang out with them instead. Sorry, Jesus, I will bring this to you, I promise. But I just got to go tell Sally because she will uh, gossip with me about this, even though that's not what I'm trying to do. But I kind of would rather gossip about it to Sally instead of actually bring it to you. And so there's all these kind of ways, sports too. I used to do the same thing where I was like, man, Hockey is on Friday nights. Youth is on Friday nights. I'm taking hockey. <laughs> and you let go and you go do hockey. And those are good things. Hear me out. Good things. Really good things. But the problem is it distracts you. So you're asking yourself, I, I'm, I don't read the Bible. I've never really picked it up. And if I do, it's real dusty. And I think sometimes what Jesus is going like, it's like, hey, you know, I, I get it. You're, you're afraid you're going to miss out on these good things. And those are there and they're good things. But I really want you to know there's something more important than that. And if you're, and if you're neglecting your relationship with me to do these things, you're, you're kind of missing the point. And then there's this other thing, which I made up. Fobu. I like that word. Fobu. It's the fear of being uncomfortable. The fear of being uncomfortable. Now, let me tell you this, okay? I went to school, believe it or not. I went to school, and, and what happened is I was told in church, okay, you should tell your friends about Jesus. And I'm like, all right. I would leave youth group so pumped. I'm like, I'm going to go tell them about Jesus. I'm going to share it with them. And then I'd be sitting there in class, and I'd be like, I should talk to Austin about Jesus. But my anxiety is really high, and it sounds like it could be awkward. So in order to not be uncomfortable... I'm just not going to tell Austin about Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. Maybe next time when I feel a little bit better. And here's the thing. I know that that's hard to talk to your friends about Jesus, to be real about faith. Jesus knows it too. But to be honest, sometimes we're more afraid of being uncomfortable than our friends not actually getting to know who Jesus is. Sometimes we're more afraid of missing out than actually growing in Jesus. Honestly, a tree is meant to grow. And sometimes instead of growing, we spend hours doing other things that are fun, that are good. But they're not what life's about. They're not what, what's most important. They're not actually what gets you to grow. And sometimes we're so afraid of, of, of being uncomfortable 
that instead of doing what we know we should do, which is uh, like trees grow fruit, right? And you know inside those fruits there's more seeds and people take it and then the seeds get to go and plant more trees. And so we're supposed to be fruitful and, and kind of spread out more seed, tell the gospel to other people, see what lands like the, like the guy sowing seed does. Sometimes it's not going to land, but sometimes you'll find good soil and people actually come to know Jesus. But we're so afraid of having an uncomfortable conversation that we don't. And I honestly think that, that for most of us, including myself, these two things are really hard. And it's actually what we struggle with the most. And actually what's stopping us from going to the next level in our relationship with Jesus are these two things. We get surrounded by thorns and weeds and we let that kind of control us. And we get nervous too, especially with evangelism, which is a fancy word for telling people about Jesus. But I want you to know that if you actually think you have the good news, people want to hear about it. And it actually makes you authentic to talk to people if you actually think this is legit. I've got a video for you guys. Do you guys know who Penn and Teller is? They are magicians. they got a Netflix show too if you want to watch. And Penn is a hardcore atheist. Does not believe in God. Does not believe. Very outspoken about how much he thinks God is stupid. But at one of his shows, someone brought him a Bible and talked to him. And it affected Penn so much that he uploaded this video. So why don't you guys check it out. I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show, and I liked it. I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition um, I thought I said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane, I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive and he looked me right in the eyes and he was truly complimentary it wasn't in any way it didn't seem like empty flattery he was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me this bible and i've always said you know that i i don't respect people who don't proselytize i don't respect that at all if you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. 
And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. But this guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible. And so Jesus says this lastly, the last seed. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word. They accept the good news, and they produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as what has been planted. The good news is looking for good soil. And so I want to ask you guys, what soil will you be? Will you be the soil where you hear about Jesus, but instantly you're like, no, that's not for me. I'm done. That's it. Are you going to be that? Or are you going to be the soil... Where, where, where you hear the good news of Jesus, and you accept it with joy. You're excited. But then something bad happens. Something rough in your life happens that hurts. Or maybe even your friends don't want to hang out with you anymore. They think what you're doing is stupid, or your parents, or whoever. And you go, this is too much. I'm out. That's it. I'm done. I don't believe this anymore. I'm gone. Or are you going to be the other soil where you believe that Jesus is God and that he came for you and that he loves you, but you're so distracted by other things in this world that it, it never gets to grow. You never grow up into a tree. You just kind of stay a seed. And you just are okay with getting by. You don't strive for anything more. And on top of that, you don't produce any fruit. You don't tell anyone what you know. You don't share it with them. You kind of keep it to yourself. Or are you going to be the last seed? The seed that actually hears God's news goes, all right, it's going to cost me some stuff, but I think it's worth it. And I'm going to have some awkward conversations, but honestly, I believe this so much that I think it's worth it to tell my friends, to tell my family. And it's hard, but you know what? I'd, I'd rather be good soil for the good news. And the, the good news is looking for good soil. So I'm going to pray. And then you guys can head off in a small group. Uh, dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. Um, God, we thank you that you are a God who goes out and scatters seed. That you are a God who goes out and calls us to himself. God, I thank you that you want a relationship with us. That you don't spoon feed us. That you actually want us to come to you with our struggles and wrestles and confusion. And God, I pray that you would help us to do that. God, I pray you would also help us to not just be satisfied with getting by. To not just be satisfied with with knowing who you are and, and knowing the right things, but actually we would let it change us. God, I pray that you would help us to do the hard thing and to follow you. Not only to follow you, but to tell others so that they can come and join us as we follow you as well. God, I thank you for tonight and all that you're doing. I pray you'd be with our small groups and give them wisdom.